I struggled before going on that show. I was doing Uber, <laughs> working at a nightclub, selling water machines, personal training. You know, the great Nipsey Hussle said, you know, in the quote, I've been through every emotion. I've been through every emotion. I understand it. So to anyone listening, you got to push through. You got to push it. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. (laughs) All right. Well, in this episode, we have a little treat for you. Uh, This summer, our girls had us watching TV with them. We were watching a few trash TV shows. (laughs) Not that this is a trash TV show, but there are people all over that go crazy over The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. Did you know that? There's like a fandom. I I gathered that as we watched that this was not something that was like a, hey, it's on today. This is on forever. Yeah. So um, we have a special guest for you. He was on the 13th season of The Bachelorette. He was eliminated all the way, became the second runner up all the way in week nine. And after becoming a fan favorite on Rachel Lindsay's season, he then went on to appear on The Bachelor Winter Games Uh, where he was eliminated in week one, but then moved on to Dancing with the Stars, Family Feud, and then went back for a fifth season of Bachelor in Paradise. So we want to introduce you to someone that we met uh, on the screen and then met on Instagram, and we think that you're going to like him today, and it is Eric Bigger. In this episode, you're going to hear Eric talk about his growth and his transformation through the process of The Bachelorette and like what he's doing now and how he's taking those learnings and impacting the world. So it's going to be a great episode. So from Uber driver to life and mindset coach, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Bigger. Hey, let's push it today. I'm here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, you, okay, so we start off every episode, Eric, with a what in the world, and that's just when some crazy shit happens to you. And so my what in the world is about Eric today, so I have to share it with you guys. <laughs> Don't blame it on Eric. I'm not going to blame it on Eric. I'm going to blame it on myself, but we set up this time last week um, to record this podcast. It's supposed to be at 1130 this morning, and I send him a message real quick just to confirm that he's still on. And I don't know because I'm I'm on my iPad, my phone, and my computer, and I get a message that says, actually, can we do next week at 11.30 or at 11? And I looked at Eddie and I said, he just canceled. <laughs> and he goes, what? And we're sitting here ready to go. And I said, I wish he would have lied to me. I wish yeah. he would have given me some excuse. I wish he would have said like, you know, hey, I'm in the hospital. He goes, well, you want the man to lie to you? And I said, yes. At this point, <laughs> it would feel better if he gave me a bogus ass excuse on why he canceled All 15 to find minutes. out. It was all in your imagination. All to find out, you guys. He's messaging me. Hello, I'm waiting for you. Are we on? And I'm like, no, you said next Monday. So I'm all stressed out right now, feeling like we wasted your time. And that's my what in the world. I got to find the message to prove to you I'm not 
not crazy, but I apologize. And I'm so thankful that you're here. So thank you, Eric. Well, thank you. And just to feed off of that, we're not in control. I trust and believe in divine timing. And this is the time we're supposed to do this podcast. So that's we're going to yes. push it with that. I love it. <laughs> we're in the moment. Yeah. You're our people. But like for a second, you were like, okay, well, should I be pissed at her? Because she's flaky, right? Am I right? Yeah, because I started to get my lunch. You know, I've been up since 5 a.m. You know, it's like approaching 12. Like I get my first meal in, you know. So I was like, mm-hmm. but I had to pause and take a deep breath and say, okay, something's happening. Let the universe work in my favor and just let go of it. Instead of trying to figure out what's happening, yeah. just let go and let the universe and let God just exist. And there, here we are. So here we are. And I'm glad we're both not flakes because, you know, it turns out nobody's a flake and we're here. We get to connect. And I got to just, just tell you, God was involved instead of the devil. God, right. it, <laughs> God, God was involved. Trust me. <laughs> Cause if the devil was involved, everybody be throwing shots. Right. So I'm glad we're all, it's all, it's all, it's all good. God is great. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so I got to tell you how we became familiar with you. And that is our uh, middle daughter and our youngest daughter. They're 18 and uh, almost 19 and 17. They make us watch trash TV sometimes. And it's stuff that, you know, we like to la- watch stuff that, makes us grow. No, you got to be more explicit. I'm going to be explicit. Uh, Not explicit, but you got to explain. explain. Okay. And they want us to watch the the craziest shows where people are getting in fights on the TV and we're like, why do you waste your time with this? No, it's the one one in in Britain. It's the the, Love Island. No. Well, that one and My 600 Pound Life or My 1000 Pound Life. So we refused. But this summer, our daughter was home from Scotland. We wanted to hang out with her. So she's like, we're going to binge watch season 13 of the bachelorette and happened to be you right so we're like rooting for you we're like eric is my man gonna make it to the end blah 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 you know you get invested in all the characters and so you you were our pick and then it didn't happen (laughs) so i have to ask you one of the most important questions how do you feel about brian and peter i love brian i think peter is great i talked to brian yesterday the day before yesterday, oh, he, he, didn't, he invited me to an event here, but I wasn't available. Him and mm-hmm. Rachel, uh, Rachel, I think, been here almost a year. He just moved here, I think, a few months ago. So, Okay. So you're friendly. You're friends. Yeah. He's like, because we spent so much time on the show together. Like, that's yeah. my guy. I went to a wedding. Like, they invited me to the wedding. Like, it's love. Like, I know their family. Her uncle went to her college with my aunt. They went to Harvard. Oh, so, like, wow. it, it was so divine how this woman came into my life and helped me evolve as a man and i'm just thankful for all of it so i think both people are great so i'm not upset i love those guys that's amazing that's fantastic he said this woman came into my life and helped me evolve and you didn't even wind up with a woman and she still helped yeah because that's what i was lacking in life was was feedback and love from a woman because i didn't necessarily get it the way i needed it as a child you know, had abandonment issues or wounds, emotional abandonment. So I was afraid of love, right? I didn't know how to receive mm-hmm. because my mom wasn't emotional like that. But she challenged me and um, she did the best she did. She took care of me and my sister. And But when it came to that love, it just wasn't there. And so I lacked that. So I became that for everybody else. You mm-hmm. know, I just didn't know how to take it in for myself. <laughs> 
I mean, that's amazing. I mean, because yeah. you, you, you look at show a show like The Bachelorette and I think you think of it from the entertainment value and, and obviously it gives people, you know, things to talk about uh, after the show and they could discuss who they like, the gossip, all the different things. But to know that you actually took something real from something, an experience like that is huge. And, 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 I, and, I, and I guess it's not too far off, too far off to, to think that that's possible because it is an extraordinary moment in your life. Yeah. You know, in the public eye at, at the same time. Yeah, that was that was going to be my question. Like the Eric that was on the show, I think that when did you film that? Like 2017? Yes. Yep. 2017. So Eric 2017 versus Eric 2020. Tell me the difference. 2022. 2022. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so much growth. So many different experiences. I can't say, you know, this, the word overstand is not a word, but I understand people to a, a point where I get it, the good and the bad. Because growing up in Baltimore City, coming from a tough and difficult environment, you see things. Then being in L.A. for seven years up until my, that 2017, being on TV, having success, having fame, then training with clients who are highly successful, uber successful in their own way and being and seeing it all from both spectrums, I'm able to say who I am today is at peace with what I became and uh, mm -hmm. what I will continue to become. And I know who I am. That show mm -hmm. helped me internalize who am I? What am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? What's my intention? And that TV show also helped me understand what my purpose in life was and is. Mm -hmm. So it healed me. I can't speak for all the other contestants. It healed me. My life changed. Wow. My dreams came true. Body parts changed. Like I really fell in love, and it was, it was just like it was. It was a miracle season. Like that, my brand. It's miracle season. I channeled that right before we went on the season. When we met on after the final rose, it came to me to say it, and I didn't know what I was saying. It was like I was foreshadowing something. But the miracle that season was me falling in love for the first time. I got my miracle, and so that's what it's about. It was a transformation, a metamorphosis, and. I can say today, I'm grateful for it. And I just want to continue to evolve and share my story and help other people who think is, you know, they don't have a chance. Like I struggled before going on that show. I was doing Uber, <laughs> working at a nightclub, selling water machines, personal training. You know, the great Nipsey Hussle said, you know, in the quote, I've been through every emotion. I've been through every emotion. I understand it. So to anyone listening, you got to push through. You got to push it. You got what it takes and, you know, never give up, especially when you have, you know, strong faith and will, it'll happen for you. Might not the way you want, because we know today <laughs> we didn't get on the time we wanted, but we got on at the time we supposed to. So I'm just grateful and that, that experience changed my life. Love that. Just re really quick, like when you think about, look, everything you took from that, that moment, did it come to you like in early on? Did you think... Oh, like, did you go in with a mentality of what this was going to be for you? Or was it this revelation through the process that you had a different insight on it? Well, you know, prior to the show, I've always been spiritual. I've always done work. I've always working on myself. So when the show came into my vortex, came into my, my space, I was asking myself, okay, why is this opportunity here? Like, why is this in my life? That was my big question. And I have to say, yes, this is a door that I've never been in. I have to say yes, because I don't know what it could be. Granted, I could go home the first night, right? But, mm -hmm. I, you know, I got everything. You don't get paid to go on this show. 
You know, I still had rent to pay in LA for two months. And so I just, I said yes. And I just took advantage and that yes just propelled me in my life and pushed me, really pushed wow. me. Cause it was, that, that shit was hard, man. Like going on your emotions and like even taking her to my family back in Baltimore. It was just so many emotions. You give so much of yourself, you're traveling and like you're trying to figure out what is this? But it was a challenge that changed me, that bettered my life. And it was more of like, my intentions was why am I here? I need to figure out and whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it and I'm going to stay open because it got to a point in the show. I think it was like week three. I told my producer, I said, if you see me board driving or check me, you see me running from love, check me. Like I'm, I'm giving it everything I got. If I'm gonna be here, cause I was, I was insecure going there. Like she don't like me. I had fear, and, and the first question I've asked, like, what's your biggest fear? When last time you was in love? It's like, whoa, bro. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, like get to know the girl. But it was just that fear of I don't want to be rejected. And then I start learning, like, oh, you gotta let it play out. Let it, let it evolve on its own. Relax. Then that's when I start drinking because the first four, four or five hours, I probably wasn't drinking. I'm like, I'm not drinking. Then you're like, well, you got to loosen up. It's <laughs> 30 other guys in there. And then over time, we just got better. And I figured out the show. I figured it out. I figured it out. Mm. I figured out what they was trying to do with me. They was trying to get me to be that aggressive guy. And they're trying to paint that picture. as like, nah, I'm not going to be him. But I see where you're going. So, and I had a breakthrough. And it just, it was one of those moments where, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. But wow. it changed my life. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Great. So Eric, after The Bachelorette, you didn't win the girl. Uh, I'm, I got to ask you though, how did you feel? I know you were grateful for the opportunity, but we're doing the episode after you. The next episode is why losing is better than winning. And I just want to know, is losing better? Because <laughs> did you go I in? I know there's a competitiveness in you yeah. that probably was like, dang. Well, I think, <laughs> I think for me, I didn't actually lose my season. I think I won my season. Mm-hmm. Not being with her because I was able to discover more of myself and mm-hmm. actually expand my wings into the world of my life, having a podcast, traveling, mm-hmm. speaking, and all these things. I think when I went home, I was disappointed, but my intuition had already gave me the inclination that I wasn't going to win two weeks prior. Mm-hmm. And then when they went into fantasy suites, I figured, but I always say, you know, prior to the show, my heart was already broken, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't get that love I wanted from my mom. So I actually, my heart, my heart was full when I left because mm-hmm. I was able to receive some of that. So I was disappointed, but it's kind of like I already knew and I also knew what I signed up for. So I wasn't so attached to like, why didn't you pick me? And I told yeah. her again, like, I'd rather you be with me or, or whoever you pick, as long as you're happy, I want you to be happy. Like, I'm not going to build all this rapport and time and love and energy and just be, you know, negative. Like, yeah. now if she was dating and I didn't know these other guys would exist, oh, I would be. Would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, after you uh, did the, you know, the episodes with uh, or the show with Rachel, you went on to do the Bachelor Winter Games. You did Dancing with the Stars, Family Feud. So like you said, it kind of catapulted other things. And now you're a writer. You've got a book. You teach courses. You're a mindset coach. Talk to us about the Eric now, like what you're doing. You're a TV personality, obviously, but you're also so much more. So tell us about your book and like what you're into. 
Well, I mean, I've always been into like motivation, right? Motivation and fitness. Uh, motivation and fitness saved my life. When I was struggling here in LA and it was hard to figure out how I'm gonna pay rent, you know, living in a one bedroom with a roommate, right? <laughs> in Koreatown. <laughs> it was like, all I had was content, motivation. So I would put out videos of motivation three days a week, motivation Monday, wisdom Wednesday, what's positive Friday. This is when Instagram was 15 seconds. Those mm -hmm. videos, I turned into a book, right? And that book is called 100 Days of Wisdom. And so it's a quote book, a devotional written by me, of course. But it's really to get people in the mindset that no matter how hard it gets or what comes up, you have to stay consistent. You have to keep going. You have to be resilient. And you will have breakthroughs. And you will have breakups. And you will have you know, a lot of stuff going on. But if you stay consistent and believe that there's something greater on the other side, it'll happen. So, you know, I have that book. Also wrote a book in a pandemic called Transformation, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Energy, Change Your Life. And it's a workbook, 28 Days to Reclaim Your Power. I wrote it with another contestant from the show, Chris Randone. Um, Shouts out to him. And we just, we went to work and we wanted to help people evolve emotionally and mentally and so it's a workbook. You can go get it on Amazon. Uh, you know, my book, you can get it on my website. But more importantly, I just want to inspire people. I want to motivate them. I want to give them the information to change their situation. And that's what I feel like people are lacking is information. Because once you get the yeah. information, you can have the experience. You know, Joe Dispenza says knowledge is the precursor to experience. So I'm big on reading books. I'm big on learning. Um, I always say the learners will inherit the earth. The more we learn, the more we earn. And I feel like in this space, you know, my dream was to go pro in ball, right? Be a professional basketball player. It didn't happen. So I had to go pro in life. And so when I got mm -hmm. to LA at 22 with a college degree with honors, I couldn't get a job nowhere. And I'm like, I thought I did it. Like I graduated with honors, like, but LA didn't care. Like show mm -hmm. me who you are. And so I had to go through the struggles. I had to tap into the thinking for rich and the secret and just sleeping on someone's couch for a year, paying $500 a month that I met off of Craigslist and, you know, catching a bus to the Beverly Center because I worked at Sheik's Shoes and, you know, eventually getting hired by Amber Crump and Fitch as a manager. And I just, I have a story, but it's bigger than the stories about the process I had to go through to get here. And today, I just want to give back those experiences, that information. And I want people to know that you have what it takes. You can change, yeah. you can evolve. You know, it, it's all right. So don't get down on yourself because you feel like you're a loser or you're failing. No, the the the, the biggest winners in life have lost before, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like the more you lose, the better you win. And so it's okay if you're down now, but because you, you can be up later. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for being so honest and yeah. open about all I that mean, stuff. And I, and Couch I, surfing, <laughs> Uber driving. I bet y'all didn't know that about y'all. I didn't know that about the bachelor. <laughs> I, I, I like, don't get it twisted. I, yeah. And I come from the streets of Baltimore where yeah. men in my family were kingpins. I don't come from mommy, dad. Mom was single, dad was in the streets. Like uncle yeah. Brandon neighborhood. Like So I was little Eric seeing all these things as a child. I had to work through it. 
I got to tell you, like, as a woman, from a woman's perspective, because you guys are both guys, like, I think one of the reasons I love my husband so much now is because of, like, who he is now and, like, all of the things he's gone through. You telling those stories, like, seeing where you're at now but where you came from, that's so much more attractive than someone who just has all their shit together all the time. Like, women, we're emotional, right? Like, we want to hear a good story. We want to know that, like, you've been through some things. You got some experience and you're grateful to be where you're at you're gonna get so many more available bachelorettes <laughs> now that you've shared that story because it just it resonates with us you know i, I think the challenge for me when i meet most people they see me as the kid that grew up with mom and dad in the house so when i tell them their story i actually messes them up because they can't mm. process it it doesn't make sense so some are like what huh like mm. where you from you did like yeah i know that's yeah. right you know, so yeah. it's it's a lot to the story, but, you know, I'm still writing it. And I just want people to know that you can do it. Pr- trust me, I didn't seen enough to know that I couldn't, that I shouldn't do it because of my circumstances. But I did it because I have to. So, Yeah, it was so interesting because you said, um, you know, when you got to L.A., L.A. didn't care about the the, the accomplishments that you came to L.A. Mm-hmm. with. Like I'm curious of like going through the process of the bachelorette and all the process of all the other things that you've done. Now, how do you see the world show up for you now? Like, do you do you see a distinct difference? Um, like, what is the, how does California feel about Eric now? <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's interesting because before TV, ain't nobody care, and nobody was checking mm-hmm. in or nobody called. They want to let me in the club. Like, yo, hey, come come in. Now, I remember mm-hmm. women who curved me and, you know, family member who didn't check, you know. And so it's it's sad because it's a reality that you have to accept because that's just what it is when it comes to public success or fame. Um, for, for me, it's more like people embrace me. They know who I am. Like, I just cut my hair like a few weeks ago. And so people still like I was at uh, a bar the other night watching a game. The girl's like, you look familiar. And usually when people say that, I'm just like, really? Like, cause I don't, you know, I'm not into that. I just like to see if they know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I've done that. So people embrace it. Um, it still makes me think like I still, my face or my energy is still in people's minds five years later. So I'm thankful for that opportunity. Uh, but yeah, people embrace me and I'm just, I love people. I'm a people person. I'm genuine. Like I'm authentic. I'm not, I'm not out here like, yeah, look at me. Because what people don't understand, you still gotta work. You still got to show up. It ain't like I've been on a show every year. It ain't like I've been, you know. Yeah. So it ain't like things are just here. And like, hey, you the man now. Like, no, nah, I'm in here working. I'm up at five. So yeah. it's, better, it's better than before. Um, you, you definitely have access and you have power and you have relationships you didn't have. And uh, it feels good to know the right people for the right reasons to, to help your situation more so. To be a part of that, that, that energy to know what's out here. Because a lot of times mm-hmm. you can be blind to it if you're not around it or you're just seeing it from your perspective until you get in it and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. what's happening? So I'm fortunate. I'm great. thankful. I just want to share it with everyone who needs it. That's awesome. Do you, do you feel like now that you have done these things and now that you are approached and you have these, the, the, the accolades, the, the accolades mm-hmm. but also the, the connections and the relationships, like, do you feel that there's a different, like a different, and I know we talked about the transformation of you, but the intensity and the, and almost the pressure that you have now, is it, 
do you feel like you it, it's forcing you, you to up. get up at five in the morning? Like, do you feel like you got to show up now? No, see, the thing is, I've always been disciplined. On all my basketball teams, I've been a captain. Not because I was the best player. It just was like, in school, I got straight A's. Like, my nerd. Like, so I've always put so much pride in what we doing. And when I moved to L.A., when I had to start figuring out, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? I started studying successful people. Tony Robbins, Oprah, Bob Proctor's, reading all these books. I'm like, what are successful people doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're getting up early. They're meditating. They're praying. They got morning routines. And so I started implementing that into my daily routine for years before TV. I think now, and I told my manager, I said, the difference is I have to go to the audition. I have to get on that stage and speak. I have to get on these podcasts and do the interview, which I love, but it's, it's not what people think it is. You got you to gotta be ready. You got to be on. Like this morning, I just I just, I got a call back auditioning day out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, man. Nice. But I also got a client, a one-on-one client, life coaching client at 3.30. The callback is at 4, right? Mm-hmm. This is my real life. So it's more of you got to be always even. You always got to be ready, but you got to got to show up. And I'm all about showing up. And so being disciplined, being consistent. And just letting life guide you because sometimes we can be so in control of what we do every day that we don't allow these interceptions. You know, Gina DeVee, I don't know if you know who Gina DeVee is. She, um, she has a book called The Audacity to Be Queen. She was on my podcast. And she said, think about it. If your life went the way you went, the way you wanted it to go every day, it would be boring. We need yeah. some interceptions. We need stuff to knock us out of block to push it somewhere else. So... I'm just all about being intentional, but showing up because I know who's looking. And I also know, I always saw myself in this position. I just thought it was going to be basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I said I got to go pro in life. So now I'm professional in life. Now how do I show up? This is how I show I up. I hope you guys got that because he said, I didn't go pro in ball, so I got to go pro in life. And I just feel like that's such a word for people because Um, just giving you a little background when we were first married, like we were on the verge of divorce at some point. I'm like, you keep watching these games, playing these video games, like you going to find yourself like by yourself. Right. And I remember you used to say something like when people would be like, you don't know the, the, you know, who's in the playoff. And they would kind of, his friends would kind of like rag on him because he wasn't watching so much basketball anymore. Yeah. And what did you say? I said I got to a place where I knew the stats of the players more than I knew my own stats for my whole life. And right? when you said that, I was like, I'm in love with you. <laughs> like, you need to know your own stats and you need to get right. professional in your own profession before you can be watching other people be great. Like, you got to be professional and go pro with yourself. So, and we and we talked about that, that. In, in our last podcast. And, and I'm glad you, you said that, Eric, because I, I do feel like there is a lack of like people looking at the things they do in a professional way. Mm. Like, and I think there's a difference between an amateur and a professional and a professional shows up. Like there's a regiment and that you, you're speaking to it now. Like I have a regiment to my life now yeah. because I'm professionally, appro- I'm, I'm approaching life in a professional manner. And that's lost in a lot of cases. I think a lot of people are just trying to get by. I think a professional practices though. You know, like the difference in like, hey, like you said, I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. Well, you can work at Abercrombie and Fitch and clock in and out, or you can be a professional that works at Abercrombie and Fitch who's reading books on how to be a better leader to your team, you know, while you're there. Like you could always go pro wherever you're at. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a big one. Yeah. And and I think the intentions uh, or the root 
uh, from that was growing up in Baltimore, you even sold dope or you played ball, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't make it in ball, what are you doing? You even go back to the streets or you become, you go work at a school, which, which I'm not knocking. I just got tired of these guys, even myself, like we put all this work and this time into sports, but then we don't get no reward for it. Mm-hmm. We're not being professionals. We don't know how to read contracts. We don't know about invoices. We don't know about writing checks. We don't understand, you know, the stock market or whatever. Like we, we don't have no professional identity. And so those guys have a PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. Post-traumatic syndrome because their identity is lost because they're not basketball players anymore. If you ask 90% of people who they are, they're going to say, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a trainer, I'm a father, I'm a husband, a wife, God forbid anything happen. If those things are taken from you, who are you? And if we strip our profession from us, we don't know who we are. And so my whole intention is like, I got to help not only athletes, but young men to let them know, like, it's not just about sports. It's not just about women. It's about being a gentleman, being a man, being responsible, holding yourself accountable, man. You can make mistakes. I don't want you to be perfect. I just want you to be authentic. And so being a professional life is holding yourself to a higher standard and showing up the best way you know how and getting some people on your team and some mentors to help you evolve. And that's what it's about. We're more than just a sport. You know, we're more than just athletes or musicians or actors. Like, we're smart. We can own businesses. Why can't I have my own community? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, I can have my own hotel. I can have all that. So that's what we're pushing for. That's what we put in the universe. I love it. And speaking of like you're a mindset coach, um, you know, you've got your courses, your books, which we're going to link in the show notes so people can go buy all that stuff and support you and just see what you're up to and what you're about. Who have been some of the biggest mentors in your life that you can attribute like your growth or your realizations or just, you know, like who you've become? Those could be books, but who in particular do you think you've said like this was a word for me that uh, really changed my life? Well, I would say, you know, the, the biggest mentor starting out was life, right? It's life showing me what not to do. Like seeing my dad and my uncle and my cousin, they made so much money in the streets. And it was great until it wasn't. And I saw all the pain it brought to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you know, I was like, okay, I know I don't want to do this. I know I want to do that. But I know I can make that amount just in a different way. It might take longer. So life was my first mentor. And then Tony Robbins, man, that guy changed my life. You know, I read his first book. I think it's Unlimited Power or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I read all his books and was watching his YouTubes and Les Brown, Bob Proctor, uh, mm-hmm. Murray Morrissey, Jack Canfield. Like I was studying these guys. Every, to this day, I still study them. Listening to the podcast, Thinking Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill was a great book for me. The Secret, As a Man Thanketh. Uh, Seat of the Soul, Gary Zukav, Self-Esteem. I mean, I mean, I read so many books. Yeah. And I was talking to a family member. You know, he's a hustler. He knows how to make money. And he's like, you're not going to find everything you want in business in a book. I was like, you're probably right. I said, but guess what? Books has got me this far in life. Because yeah. all this information has attracted people and an opportunity for me to understand things on a different level. But also know that I can do these things as well. But mentor is just life. Tony Robin, like I said, he's he's a Pisces like I am, so it's like I get him. He's very outspoken and giving. Um, and just seeing, you know, the struggle of, like, the neighborhood and the men and just – I knew when I was 15, I was like, it has to be something more in life than just shooting the ball and selling some drugs. Like, it has to be. Yeah. 
And so curiosity yeah. as well. So that's good. I love that. Yeah. Well, what can we expect from you? Like we do this thing with our students where it's mostly me because I love Oprah, but you have a goal, you're working towards it, which I'm sure that you are. But then what's your Oprah goal, stretch goal? Like mine would be by this time next year, Janelle Copeland is a New York Times bestselling author. What is yours? Like what can we expect from you by next year, let's say? That's a great question because the way my life is set up, I could be on a movie tomorrow <laughs> and then I'm in a whole, you know, but. Well, let's manifest that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, manifest just, that. That's how my life always has been. It's, it's weird because ever since I've been a kid, I've always been told to focus on one thing, right? And I used to get frustrated. I'm like, yeah, but I'm good at all these things, right? And so what happens is when I started to focus on, like, say, fitness, motivation to come, right? Speaking opportunities, right? Panel discussion. Focus on motivation, fitness, or vice versa, TV. So I think from a root level, from a ground perspective, my biggest goal and my real passion is helping people heal and evolve. Let me see myself on stage, a million people talking to them about the journey and what it's about, right? But a year from now, I'll probably have like two more books out. Um, I have a real sophisticated uh, automatic system for my business, so helping people in life uh, and giving back. But like I said, Tomorrow I can be in the next TV show or hosting the show. I'm open. I try not to be so attached to what my outcome is. I just try to be intentional. And I know what I love doing. That's helping people and seeing people heal and evolve. But at the same time, I understand what God might have a bigger plan for me to do that. Yeah. So I, st I stay present and I just let things come as they go instead of me trying to force my will. Because then mm -hmm. I get in the way of, you know, God's plan. So. I love that. I think I want people to just understand you didn't say I'm just open to magic and God, like God will provide. I think you said I stay open. I stay consistent. I show up. I'm there. And then I'm open to whatever opportunities present themselves from my hard work. And so yeah. And I also heard goals. Like I think that there's multiple goals from, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there are multiple things that you are looking to accomplish, but you're also open to the, the path opening in different directions, which I think, and we interact with a lot of people that, that they don't realize that's the case when you're taking action yeah. is that the path will illuminate as you're moving through. You just got to be open. It may not look exactly how you wanted it to look, but it could be exactly what you've been looking for, you know? And I think that's a powerful thing. And even you guys coming into my life, like getting on your podcast, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be here because I didn't know you guys, but here we are, I'm open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. look, look, and look, I might never know. I might get my biggest client or biggest opportunity from someone listening to your show. Well, check your email because I sent you all kinds of people to help <laughs> no, get I your know, systems you and your automation. Yeah. I connected you, bro. <laughs> yeah, you connected me for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget that. So yeah. I'm just more of a person of, because I think prior to going on TV, I was this guy where I thought I had more power than the universe. I always mm -hmm. was this, I got to work. I got to work. If I don't work, I don't eat. If I don't work, I don't make money. Right. Then I start learning, like, if I work hard on myself, and how track things I yearn and deserve, right? Mm -hmm. So I made more money by doing less, but more work on myself. The yeah. hardest work we will do in life is on ourselves, right? Amen. And so yeah, the more sure. we do that, everything we want, eventually it will come if you're putting your intentions out there and you're certain in it. And so that's what I realized. Like my opportunities come because the frequency and vibration, but I'm putting in internal work, right? <laughs> to get the yeah. physical work. <laughs> 
You know, you you said something, Eric, and I don't want I don't want people to miss it um, because I think you you're you're making the, the, a broader point, but you you also um, said said something really powerful, like when you think about um, like being in the moment, being a, uh, in in a place where you're saying I'm focusing on myself, putting the energy in in improving yourself. You're you're letting go of the things you can't control, right? Because you said I thought I was more powerful than the universe, mm. right? And so, so many people are stuck with trying to control all of their outcomes, and then allowing that to either paralyze them, stress them out, um, bring the worst qualities out of them because they can't control the outcome they never could. And and you just said that you said something really powerful, like when I let go of those things. Like all of a sudden, more things came into my universe, right? I, that's the magic that's secret huge. sauce that's right there. That's so it huge. Was my ego, and I had a mentor. Yeah, uh, I didn't mention him, but uh, yeah. when I work at the nightclub, his name is Tom Turner, and he says sometimes, but so I even talk to him. You just need to have a day where you don't do anything. And I did that one day, and I didn't do. I'm talking about I didn't do anything, and in that moment, I just all stuff just stopped coming to me. Mm -hmm. I'll give you guys a story because I think stories are important. So mind you. Going on the show, we didn't get paid on a bachelorette. You don't get paid, but people pay attention, right? So you get followers, you get access outside of that. Farmer in LA still was almost two thousand dollars a month. Yeah, <laughs> still had you to need that rent. marketing residual. <laughs> so you know, I, I Airbnb my my spot at the time. Um, I got a loan from a friend, but when I came home, I don't know. I think it was one of the months when I came home because I was doing Uber before the show. My manager was like, who was my boy at the time who came on manager? like, you can't do Uber, bro. Like, you on TV. So look, I'm like, yo, I got to make money. I made a little bit of money on Airbnb. But I was like, I got to make money. What am I going to do? And I think rent was probably doing maybe like seven days. And I was like, God, I just got to have faith. And I just got to trust. And I just, you know what? I just sat still. And I was like, you know what? I swear, like two days later, I get a, I get a commercial. I get a commercial from the hair product, uh, Can2. It was a girl, Dear Washington. She actually was the girl who put me on to the show. Shouts out to Aisha Cole, Pinky Cole, who owns mm -hmm. Slutty Vegan in Atlanta. She's a good friend of mine who got me the connection to Thea Washington, who's in Boston, who got me on the Bachelorette. She said, Eric, would you want to do a commercial? Uh, we'll fly you in. It's like $2,500. I'm like, what? You just got to shave your head bald. And like in that moment, I was like, there it is. That's my turning point. That's yeah. when I knew when you let go of control and trying to, the universe got all things waiting for you. And it's like, I had the money. I was able to pay my rent and still be okay. And, and that was a moment in my life where it gave me that, like, all right, we good. And I went to yeah. Baltimore to shoot the commercial. How crazy was that? Yeah, <laughs> that's so That's cool. great. That's so good. So, well. Yeah. I mean, so much magic. There's little nuggets all throughout this conversation. I wanted to connect with you because I was like reading his bio and I was like, I think this guy's like us. I think we have a lot of stuff in common. I think we can have a great conversation. I know our listeners are going to love the nuggets that you shared. And yeah. I just thank you for being so vulnerable. Y'all, The Bachelor was uh, Uber driving and trying to yeah. figure out how to manifest his rent. It's such a great story, and I just want to thank you. So I want everybody to go to the show notes and make sure that they're clicking on everything, and then just go follow him. It's Eric Bigger. Are you Eric Bigger on Instagram? Tell the people where they can go and connect with you and just continue to follow your journey. Yes, thank you. So Instagram, you can follow me at Eric Bigger, 
E-R-I-C-B-I-G-G-E-R. You also can follow my coaching page, E-Bigger Speaks. Um, nice. Click the link in both bios. I got my podcast. It's Miracle Season Merch. I got my books. I also got my 100 Days of Wisdom course where I'm going over the quotes, breaking it down and giving you my perspective of what they mean and uh, being there for 100 straight days. And uh, just DM me. Let's talk. Let's chat. But um, I'm here to motivate and inspire and let people know that it's okay to be yourself. And if you're authentic and you show up, things happen. Thank you, Eric, so much for being here. What a blessing. And um, I know people are going to connect with you. Click on all the links, go buy all the stuff and support him. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much. Push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.